to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Okay, okay. So good to be here on the Switch Leader Podcast. My name is Vince Parker. I have the privilege of being one of your hosts. And James Meehan is with me today. James Meehan, how are you doing today, sir? I am doing so well. You may not be able to tell, but I can tell. That with the incoming fall weather, it changing, allergens, that my face is so stuffed up that I feel like I'm sounding nasally because I'm definitely sounding nasally to myself, but hopefully that translates well to you on the other side of this podcast as you're listening to it. Do not be distracted by the nasaliness. Be focused on the wisdom that Vince Parker is going to share with us today. Wow, I thought it was the wisdom that James Meehan was going to share with us today because I am too nasally. I feel like I just got off an airplane, which is Come on. I did not. I'm just super stuffy, but I'm glad <laughs> Paul is here because I get to wear hoodies. So I don't mm. know about you, James, but a hoodie might be my favorite piece of clothing. Come on, bro. I'm here for it. Well, man, so glad you are here. So glad we get to hang out with the Switch leaders today. Well, we get to answer this question, not how do you become less nasally, Oh, but- How do you lead with your students outside of Switch? Because this week, well, obviously, Switch RL is not happening this week. So, James, how do we lead our students, not only just on the week where we don't meet in the building, but any other time we're not in the building with our students? Well, first of all, I like the way, Vince, you're mixing it up a little bit because, you know, usually Josh Baldwin starts with the leader question. But you're teasing, oh. a, you're teasing those leaders. So it's like, hey, stick around because we're going to answer the question you asked at the end. But some of y'all, I'm worried that y'all might listen for the question and then tune out. So we're mixing you up. You got to stay on your toes because student ministry is never predictable. It's sometimes a little bit chaotic, but it's in the chaos that God does some miraculous things. So I like the way you think, Vince Parker. So this week, no switch IRL. We are not meeting in our physical buildings because we've got our Life Church Family Reunion happening, but that does not mean switch is not happening because we know that switch is so much more than just the Wednesday night experience that happens in the building. Switch is the student ministry of Life Church that all of us are a part of together in this mission of leading students to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now, I think the um, easiest answer to this question, what do I do now, is nothing. I just wait until next week. While that is the easiest answer, I do not at all think it is the best answer <laughs> because, you know, like that, that that is something that you might be tempted to do as a leader listening to this podcast, thinking about this week. But man, it's in weeks like this that we get to show up for our students in different ways that are going to show them that we care about them more than just for those couple of hours on Wednesday night. That's very awesome. Now, James. What are some of those ways? Because I know you are a switch leader at our Edmond campus. Shout out to all the amazing leaders at the Edmond location. James, give a couple ways that we can show up for students. Yeah. So the way that I think about this is a little bit different than maybe some other switch leaders because I have a group of sixth grade guys. And so for me to stay directly connected to those sixth grade guys throughout the week is a little bit more challenging because the majority of them don't have phones. And so what I'm going to be doing is I'm making sure that I'm connecting with their parents, letting them know, hey, care about your student, care about you. How can I be praying for y'all? That's the first thing I'm doing. The second thing that we're doing is actually 
our whole Edmond campus middle school guys, small group team, and also some of our high school leaders are um, playing flag foot. No, not flag football. Something else with the flag. Capture the flag. That's what we're doing at okay. a park here in the city on Wednesday night. And so we've got a group of students and leaders that are going to come together and just have a good time playing capture the flag for about an hour and a half on Wednesday night when switch would normally be happening as a way for us as students and leaders to stay connected outside of the normal switch experience. And the thing that I'm excited about is it's going to give us time to connect with our students in a different environment in a different context to hopefully strengthen the personal relationship so that when we're back in the buildings the following week, we can dive a little bit deeper into the spiritual side of things, which, you know, it's been kind of little by little every week. Our students are opening up more and more and more. And what I know from my time being a youth pastor and a small group leader in the past is that nights like this, where we show up outside of the normal programming, for whatever reason, it just does something to relationships to help them grow so much stronger, so much faster. And so I'm really looking forward to that. And then the final thing that I'm doing is I'm just continuing to pray for my small group by name every day. I use the Echo Prayer app to keep track of all my prayers. And, you know, we don't do it every week, but most weeks we end the night of our small group by asking, um, everybody, how can we be praying for them? And so I just make sure to note down the different prayer requests that these guys share. And I put that in my app so that I can be praying for them consistently throughout the week. And so those are the things that I'm personally doing. I'm connecting with all of their parents. We're gathering together for a fun night of capture the flag with some other small groups, some students and some other leaders. And then finally, I'm just going to keep praying for my guys because I really do believe that even though we aren't meeting together physically in the building on Wednesday night, that God still wants to move in them and draw them ever closer to him. That's good, James. Let me, let me ask you this. Why do you think there's something, what is it about switching it up that kind of acts as a springboard to your next time you meet in the building and begin to discuss spiritual things? Not to say you won't discuss spiritual things, but what do you think about that? What, what do you think leads to that? Yeah. You know, my first and most honest answer is I actually don't know. <laughs> like, okay. I, I, don't, I don't know the psychology of why it happens. I've just seen it happen over and over again. You know, it, it's one of those things where it makes me kind of think about, um, you know, like even as the uh, group of Life Church staff members that I work with, right? Like we work together on a daily basis in the office, getting stuff done. We're in meetings together. But then when we go to lunch together to celebrate somebody's birthday, or we gather at our Life Church family reunion or something like that, I think it's just because it's in a different environment. Our routines are shaken up a little bit. It's almost like because what is normal has been disrupted, there's more space to connect on a more personal level. I, yeah, again, I don't know the psychology behind it. I don't know why it is. Maybe one of you leaders has more of a wise and brilliant answer to this, and you can email us and let us know. But I couldn't tell you why. I just seen it happen so much that I always look forward to those different types of opportunities because of whatever it does. It knocks us off balance. It unsettles us. It opens us up. It does something that leads for leads to even better communication and relationships moving forward. Okay. I like that. That's awesome. Now, James, but you don't have to wait until switch IRL is not meeting to kind of switch things up. Like you can take like a Friday night, a Saturday morning, the opportunity to kind of uh, switch it up and get that springboard effect for your ministry. Yeah, absolutely. 
Are you like, are you calling me out? Cause I've waited this long. All right, cool. Thank you, Vince. Feedback received. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was not the goal, but Hey, James, <laughs> that's how you take it. Then, okay. That's good. So I'm excited this week for all the leaders to go out there and do, whether it's capture the flag or you're going out for, uh, ice cream or hanging out at a park or whatever it may be. So many different options exist for you and your students to connect in a different way. And if you're still wondering what you can do or how you can connect, man, feel free. Like James said, reach out to some other high school girls or guys or middle school girls or guys and partner up and take advantage of building some relationships together. It's just an amazing, great opportunity. Uh, to that. So I'm excited to hear the stories, actually, because one of my favorite things to hear is the stories of what happens with Switch Leaders. So when I come to your campus, come on, which I love to visit campuses, please share a story with me about what God is doing in your Switch group. That is amazing. Yeah. And, James, and one other, for, go ahead. Well, just real quick, one other thing to add on to that is don't forget that even though we aren't meeting at Switch IRL, that does not mean that Switch Online isn't happening because it is. And also the message video for week eight of Kingdom People, the series that we've been going in, will be available on YouTube starting Wednesday night at seven o'clock. And so if you aren't able to gather with your small group physically somewhere in the community, that's totally okay. You could totally do switch digitally through switch online or by watching the message together on YouTube and finding some time later to discuss it. Those are incredible opportunities for you to keep your students connected to the series that we're in, the spiritual truth that God wants to reveal to them, and to have some meaningful discussions around it. If you haven't been to switch online yet, or maybe for some reason you don't know that that is a thing, I need you to know that every week we provide opportunities for students to be connected to the church, to Switch um, on our Switch Online, Church Online platform. And also on uh, YouTube, we have a live Switch Online experience that takes place on the weekend. And so there's lots of opportunities for you and your students to still be engaged in the Switch content. Um, and so those are some other things to think about if for whatever reason you aren't able to gather physically with your group. Super awesome, James. Thanks for, for capturing that. So let's move on to our leader question this week. James, are you ready? I'm ready. Come on, here we go. How do I lead my students to be responsible without making them feel like I'm policing them? Mm, come on, you just tase them, bro. Okay. Well, no. Was that not the wrong answer? Students. Pepper spray yes. them. No, we <laughs> do not pepper spray them. Shout at them. Uh no shame them Ooh, shame them no judge them condemn them no 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 call them out publicly on a microphone in the middle of the worship experience wow but no (laughs) wow but no all right all right so so now that we've gotten some of maybe the less effective ways out of the way uh, I, I wouldn't you- say those are the less effective ways. Uh, some of those feel illegal. Like I think the first four were highly illegal. Come on. Uh, the the last three um, are the opposite of Kingdom People messages one through seven. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you said shame. You did that's say true. Shame, I did. Right? I did. You said shame. So that's that's the opposite. And I might have heard a judgment in there, but I might have been too busy saying no, 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 no. <laughs> I definitely said judgment. I was listen. I was just trying to see if you've been paying attention. Okay, all right. You ready for this, Vince? Here's here's my thought. For I, you. I'm ready for it. So here's the thing. Um, the word Satan comes from a Hebrew term that means the accuser. 
So the title that the devil is given in the Bible is the accuser. The Holy Spirit is also known as the advocate. So when it comes to how we navigate these relationships, my question is, why is it that we would so often use the approach of the accuser rather than the approach of the advocate? Or or maybe another way to say Mm, it is, why would we rather collaborate with the accuser than partner with the advocate? And so when I think about this question, how do we help our students um, maybe have their behavior redirected in a way that doesn't feel like us coming down on them or using our authority in ways that maybe aren't quite life-giving or uplifting? I think this is such a beautiful question and whoever asked it, thank you for asking this question because this is not an easy thing to do at all because the way that our world operates is if you are in a position of authority, then you decide what's right and everybody else has to fall in line. And for those of us who are in positions of authority in the church, we have to resist the temptation to use the world's methods to accomplish God's mission because it was Jesus himself who said, hey, the rulers of the Gentiles lord their authorities over others, but among you, it will be different. And he goes on to say that the son of man, referring to himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so when it comes to the approach that we take with students that are potentially being a distraction or a disruption or are just acting out, we want to redirect them because if we just allow them to continue to be a distraction, then what's going to happen is they're not going to be able to experience what God wants for them because they're being a distraction. The other people around them won't be able to experience what God wants for them because they're being distracted. And then you as a switch leader will not be able to do what you need to do to lead the other students around you to become fully toward followers of Christ, because you will also be distracted by the student who's being a distraction. And if we are not careful, if we allow that distraction to go on long enough, it will produce frustration in us, which is just going to totally throw us off from what it is that God wants us to do. And so I think the first thing that we have to do is ask ourselves the question, if I were a seventh grade boy running around in the back of the auditorium during worship, kicking my friend because I think it's fun, how would I want somebody to redirect me when my behavior is out of line? And then once you've asked that question, you're going to come up with an answer. And then I would say, act on that answer. And this is going back to, for those of you that were here for week seven of Kingdom People, we talked about this idea of doing for others what we would want done for us. And I think that idea of the golden rule, treating others the way we want to be treated, is how we should always think about redirecting the behavior of students who are being a distraction. Yes, redirecting their behavior is a big deal. We want to call them to a higher standard of maturity so that they are not getting in the way of what God wants for them and the other students. But our approach matters so, 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 so much. If you were at church this past weekend for week three of our series, No Offense, then you would have heard our senior pastor give an incredible message all about Jesus's approach to bringing truth, how it was loving, gracious, and humble, and how bringing truth matters because we are called to be people of truth. But our approach matters just as much because the way that we approach people with truth will determine whether or not it's even effective. And so this past week, I had um, a couple of my sixth grade guy students 
get into trouble because they were running around in the back of the auditorium kicking each other because they thought it would be fun during worship. <laughs> and so an opportunity arose for me to have a um, corrective conversation with them. And I had to be very, very intentional of doing it in a way that wasn't me coming down on them or looking down on them because they just watched me talk all about how we shouldn't judge unjustly. <laughs> and so I had to really pause and reflect and ask myself the question, if I were in their situation, these sixth grade boys trying to have fun because they're sixth grade boys and somebody were to get on to me because of my bad behavior, how would I want them to get on to me in a way that still is respectful uplifting and calls me to a higher standard. And so that's how I shaped my approach. And so what I did was once things kind of quieted down, I pulled these two guys aside and I said, Hey guys, let's talk about what was going on. You all had asked me if during the worship set, you could move further back because it was hurting your ears. I told you that you could, but then during the actual message, you were continuing to run around in the back of the auditorium. Multiple other leaders came and had a conversation with you. And instead of actually taking what they said and doing it, you just continued to be a distraction. And that's not okay. Like y'all are better than that. I know there's more in you than that. And so here's what I need you to do. I need you to be more respectful and to pay attention during those moments because there are going to be other students that are here to hear from God. But because you guys are running around and making a bunch of noise in the back of the auditorium, they're going to be distracted and miss out on what God wants for them. And so I believe that you can do better. I trust that you will do better because I know that you want to be the kind of kid who helps other people grow closer to Jesus. And so moving forward, will you please make sure that you are not a distraction getting in the way of other people connecting with God? Can you do that for me? And then I looked them in the eyes and I waited for them to respond. And when they did, I said, okay. And then I looked to the other one and I said, can you also do that for me? <laughs> and I waited until he responded and he said, yes. I said, all right, fantastic. Now we're going to go to our switch group. And when we do, here's what I expect. I expect you all to set an example for the rest of the guys of what it means to be respectful, to listen, and to pay attention because y'all got a little bit of making up to do for what you did during the message. You ready? And then we went off to switch group. And so they were on a much better behavior because I had this corrective conversation with them, but I did it in a way that didn't tear them down, but actually spoke life into them. And the only reason I got there was because I started with the question, if I were misbehaving and somebody were to um, have a corrective conversation with me, how would I want them to go about that conversation? Okay, great. Now, how can I do that for these guys? That is a great approach. How would I want someone to treat me? And I think uh, as simple as it sounds, I think it's often difficult <laughs> yeah. for us to do. Right. Because sometimes when someone's doing something offensive, disturbing, not necessarily walking in the right direction, it is easier for us to be like, I just want them to stop. <laughs> Come on. But I believe as you're describing in the same way that Christ walks with us and loves us and reaches out to us in a way that we can understand, we are more like Christ when we take time to reach out to people and speak to them in a way that they can understand. Come on, man. And in, in truth, not everyone understands stop. <laughs> right. 
So that's very good, James. I like that. That's, that's very good. I think that's very helpful for everyone. And we can practically take time uh, to get to know people. And especially if you're their small group leader, you actually do get a chance to get to Come know on. them and their story and can understand how to speak to them and talk to them. And if you don't, well, just even asking a few questions gives you a chance to build a relationship with someone. I once heard someone say, when you get to know someone's history and can love them through that, uh, it makes a huge difference. So absolutely, uh, I'm excited. Not that kids might do doing things that they shouldn't be doing, but when <laughs> they do, this gives us another opportunity to love them through that Come on, and man. help them grow as we, as you say, being their advocates for them. And walking it out with them and encourage them to be all that God's called them to be and not shaming them for doing things that they probably shouldn't be doing. So that's very good, James. I love that. That's awesome. Anything else you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, the last thing that I would say is I am so grateful that God is so gracious and patient with me when I get out of line (laughs) and that I want to, as much as I can, approach other people with the same grace, compassion, mercy, and empathy that Jesus has shown me in my journey. Because I'm seven years into this following Jesus thing, and um, I still mix it up and mess it up. And um, I'm really, really glad that every time I get out of line, God doesn't just hurl lightning at me. And instead, he- Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, bro, like that's what I'm saying. Whoa. You ready? All right. You want me to go there? Lightning? Listen. All right. Here. I'm going there. So James chapter three, verse six, James talks about this idea that the tongue is like a spark that can start a blazing fire. And he goes on to tell us that the spark of the tongue, the fire of the tongue is lit on fire by the power of hell. James is literally telling us that the spark of hell lives in all of us. And so when we breathe out lies, when we breathe out hate, when we breathe out insults on other people, we are literally unleashing the power of hell. And so I want to be super intentional that my words bring life and not death. And so in the same way that I am unbelievably grateful that Jesus doesn't hurl lightning at me, I want to be the kind of person where I use this thing that I've been given, my mouth, to bring people closer to Jesus instead of breathing out hell. (laughs) So there you go. James 3.6. Go check it out. Wow. Wow. James said lightning bolt. And I like quacked a quick joke about it. And then he just brought more scripture. I I need y'all to know this. James is always preaching, always preaching. And we know why he's able to preach because he's in his word, studying, spending time with God. So James, I appreciate that about you. And I know so many of our other leaders do appreciate that about you, sir. Your intentionality, which is the key to better loving people, being intentional is well received. So thank you, sir, so much for that. And to all you switch leaders out there who are listening, Thank you so much for all that you do. You guys are the best of the best. I cannot wait to come and see you. I do not know what campus I'm going to next, but when I do, I can't wait to hear the story. And thank you for joining the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today, the leader we will be tomorrow.